we are in a series called Liar, Liar, and what we've been talking about is the idea, and uh, I just have to do one thing, welcome Facebook Live people, we've ditched you the last two weeks, I apologize. Okay, there. Um, What we've been talking about are the lies that we tell ourselves, the lies that maybe we've been told growing up, the lies that maybe uh, outside forces have told us, maybe um, even demonic forces have told you these lies. And the reason it's called liar, liar, life on fire is that if you believe those lies and you begin to make decisions based on those lies, you will damage your life. And so the good news is um, the Bible... uh, has all sorts of truth in it. The whole thing is truth. And so it gives you an opportunity to replace those lies with the truth of God. And so um, this morning, we're going to be looking at uh, a young man. This is actually, I preached on this exact same passage a little over a year ago. And I, I was looking back through my notes. I hit this passage about once every two years because I think it is so timely. And it was written uh, thousands of years ago. And it still is so practical for uh, this morning and for where we are as a people. Okay, so... Um, We'll start out in Proverbs chapter 7. If you have a Bible or a device that you want to turn to, it's Proverbs chapter 7. Let me just set up what's happening. Solomon was the wisest man to live, to ever live, okay, other than Jesus. And uh, what happened was Solomon was given the kingdom of Israel at a very young age. He, He was in charge of it. He was the king. And so God comes to Solomon and says, uh, you can ask for anything. It's like uh, I Dream a Genie. Remember I Dream a Genie? Where she'd go like that and then the, the things would pop up and it made that sound, you know, like that. I, I, I loved I Dream a Genie. Uh, my mom wouldn't let me watch Bewitched, okay, because she thought it was uh, occultic, but I could watch I Dream of Genie. I, I don't know. Anyway, so, <laughs> okay, so I love you, mom. Um, so Solomon, it go, God says you can have anything you want. It's not three wishes, just one wish. And Solomon says, I need wisdom. And, and he says something very specific. He doesn't just ask for wisdom. He says, I need wisdom to lead this great people of yours. Okay? And this so affected God that Solomon would ask for wisdom, that Solomon gave him all the other things that you and I would have asked for, okay? Or at least I would have. Like, he got a bunch of money, uh, he got uh, power, he, um, uh, well, he, God didn't give him a bunch of women, but he, he used them as bargaining chips to make peace throughout the land, and God wasn't too happy with that. But, but this is the wisest man he, who ever lived, and he wrote Proverbs, this collection of sayings, these collection of thoughts, to his sons, because he's trying to impart this wisdom to his sons. And so he writes Proverbs. Now, his sons did a horrible job after him, okay? Actually, Solomon didn't really end that well. The kingdom began to be divided. Solomon took all that power and all that money and all those wives and all that kind of stuff, and it, it kind of led him down a, a, a bad path. So that's what makes this particular section of Scripture so ironic, that, that Solomon is writing about somebody who's going down the wrong path. Now, isn't it funny, at least it is for me, that you can look at someone else's life and know immediately where they should change. <laughs> you, you can watch a, a, a young man or a young lady make, start to make decisions, and you're just like, it's so obvious. 
Like, why, why would you do that? That's the, that's the worst mistake. It might even be a coworker. It might be um, somebody uh, in your f- extended family or whatever. Well, you, you just see the decisions they're making and you go, man, that is not going to end up very well. At the very same time, you're making decisions that aren't ending up very well. What is that? Well, this is, what is exactly what we're going to read about this morning. Uh, it's about this young man and, and Solomon says he peers out his window and he sees this young guy. Now, just so we're clear, this story could be Solomon telling a, a story of an actual encounter that he had. He, this actually happened. He looked through the lattice and he saw this kid. Or it could be, an, and you'll see, when you see the language, just a really good example for what happens and how we can stop ourselves from following down the wrong path. So here's how it starts out. Proverbs chapter 7, verses 6 and 7. He says, out at the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. Now, this is not Solomon's way of making fun of millennials, okay? It's not, he's, he's not trying to take a jab. If you're young and, and here and, and, and you're like, man, that's cold, Solomon, you know, you can't do that. Why are you throwing shade or whatever? I don't know. And so, so... So fear not, fear not, because here's the thing that we're going to see in this story. We all lack sense. As a matter of fact, the only way you get sense is to having gone through your lack of sense, right? You, you can't, you, do, you don't just start out with sense. So when, 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 when Solomon says, I, I saw through the lattice of my house a young man among the simple, he's not, he's not making fun of this young man. He's just saying, He's at a place in his life on a topic in life that he just lacks sense on. Okay, does that make sense? Thank you. That's good. So this is, this is what's going on. So he looks out through the lattice of his house and he sees somebody that, that is lacking sense. Now watch what he says. He was going down the street near her corner. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. All right? Walking along in the direction of her house. Now, if you're reading this for the first time, if, if your parents for Christmas just bought you the book of Proverbs uh, when, when, at, right after, hot off the presses after Solomon wrote it, you would be very intrigued when you read this. You'd be like, because you don't know who her is. <laughs> so you'd just go, ooh, who's her? <laughs> like, what, what is this all about? Walking in the direction of her house. At twilight, as the day was fading as the dark of night set in, okay? <laughs> You'd be reading it that way. At least you better, because that's how you're supposed to read it. Now, this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. We read this kind of stuff, and we go, what's he doing out at twilight? Why is he heading down towards her house as the dark of night sets in? That's kind of odd. This may, might have happened to you where you hear some tragic story about someone getting injured and you're like, oh man, that's so sad. That, you know, that, that, that a young person got injured. What, you know, what, what, what happened? Like, well, they were at a party at three in the morning and you go, oh yeah, right, okay. Well, that, you know, that, that once we fill in all the blanks, like, yeah, that's what happens at parties at three in the morning. You know, they don't usually end that at well. This is how, exactly how you're supposed to read this when, when, you're, when you're going through that. And so, Solomon says this, he's going down the street near her corner, walking in the direction of her house at twilight as the day was fading. 
Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute with crafty intent. Now, ladies, just so that we're clear, Solomon is not throwing you under the bus, okay? If you keep reading to chapter 8, he talks about wisdom being desired above anything else, and wisdom is a woman, okay? So, you know, keep reading to chapter 8 before you get mad at Solomon, okay? But he's just telling the story. It could, have, it could go either way, all right, that, that there was a simple woman. I mean, there's really no winners in this story, so there we go. So she is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. When you are struggling with a path that you necessarily know you're not supposed to be going down, doesn't it feel like it's everywhere? Like if you're struggling with anger, you, you know, you, you just, you just, or, or bitterness, isn't it amazing how many thoughts come into your mind that kick that bitterness off? Or maybe you have a problem with some type of a substance, like, isn't it amazing how that substance is everywhere? Or like you, you have a problem with, with a desire, an unhealthy desire, and it's everywhere. This is what Solomon is trying to get us to understand as he tells the story of this kid and this woman. Is that the object of the desire is powerful. Look at how he describes her, unruly, defiant, her feet never stay at home, now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. In other words, if we don't set healthy boundaries, we can't just avoid the situation. Boundaries have to be set in place. This kid never should have been going down that street at that time. And so she comes out. She took hold of him and kissed him, and with a brazen face, she said, Today I fulfilled my vows. I have food for my fellowship offering at home. Now listen, if you want one of the best pickup lines you'll ever hear in your life, <laughs> like if you're single and you see somebody attractive or whatever, walk up to them and say, Today I fulfilled my vows. I have food for my fellowship offerings at home. Works every time. So I got married, okay? <laughs> It just works. It just works. Now, what, so here's the problem. When you read something that's been written this long ago, you have to put it into the context of what she's talking about. And this is what would happen with idol worship. And what it basically meant was, hey, I'm good with the gods, okay? The gods aren't angry with me. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm great. I can show you. We can go to my house, and I'll just show you the fellowship offerings that, that I have, that I, that I sacrificed. I, I have food from that. I'm, I'm good with God. I've fulfilled my vows. I've, I've made it right. It's okay. Everything's cool. Don't worry about it. So then she changes the language to this. And this is one of the things that gets us trapped going down the wrong path that we're supposed to be on. She says, so I came out to meet you. I looked for you. And I've found you. You is one of the greatest words to our ears. We might say, I deserve this. I need this. When someone's saying, oh, you are the most important, you, this, this is going to be great for you, we begin to believe that lie. 
We begin to believe the lie that this thing that even though we know we're not, we shouldn't even be delving into, we, we tell ourselves all these things in the beginning. I'm just going by her house. I'm not going to go inside. I was just looking. It looked like they had some work done on the front. I just wanted to see the color of the paint. I don't know. She's probably not even out there. It's getting dark. I, I'm just going to hurry down there because, you know, I think they planted a garden and it looked like broccoli. And I just wanted to know, how, do, how does she do that? I mean, she looks like a really great gardener. And so I'm just going down there. It's no big deal. I'm not going to do anything. But she, the very act of the steps towards the path, it's the direction where you're going to end up. Your direction is where you end up, not your intention. And so he says, I came out to meet you. I, I looked for you. I found you. You deserve it. You, this is your thing. Nobody understands you like I do. And then she kind of says some weird stuff. Uh, she says, I've covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. Okay? Which means she went to like their version of Bed Bath and Beyond, okay? And, and she says, I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Like none of that means anything to us, okay? So what I thought I'd do is I thought I'd read it in our context, okay? So that you can get an idea. If you were reading this for the first time, you'd, you'd start to be a little uncomfortable, okay? Because you'd, you'd because it's the line, well, here, I can kind of give you an idea. It goes like this. I've covered my bed with colored linens <laughs> from Egypt. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. Okay? Okay. Okay, sorry about that. All right. Send, uh, oh, send, send all of your emails to cc at livingspring.com and uh, start in June. Uh, so she, she she's, has all this kind of, kind of language that would make you, if you were reading this, like, you'd be like, Mom, am I allowed to read, read this? You know, if you were like a little Jewish kid, you know, you'd be like, hey, go get the Proverbs 1, chapter 7. You know, <laughs> come on, let's go. So here's, here's the lie. Here's the lie that he fell into. Here's the lie you're going to be tempted to fall into this week. Here's the lie I fall into. Just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. I mean, how many times have you heard that? How many times? I mean, isn't that the name of like a Nicholas Sparks book or something? Like, like follow your heart seems like it's so right. And, and, and we'll give each other this kind of advice. Like, you know, well, I can't decide between this and that. And you go, oh, just follow your heart. That advice is great if you're picking out a blouse or pants. Okay, yeah, just follow your heart, whatever, whatever you need. It's horrible, horrible advice when you're beginning to walk down a path that you might not be certain is the path God would want you to have. As a matter of fact, I would say this, because I know it's true for myself. Matter of fact, I'll just say it about myself. If I go back to all the worst decisions I've ever made in my life, my biggest regrets, in every single one I followed my heart. <laughs> every single one. I have this little cartoon that I thought was funny that the, the brain is saying to the heart, I hate when you make me look like an idiot, <laughs> right? 
But isn't that, isn't that what happens though? You, you, there's something that happens in us. And, and here's, the, here's the reality of it. The whole while this guy was walking down that path, God was saying, don't go down there. Don't do it. It's too late. It's too dark out. Listen, she, I'm just telling you right now. And the whole while, he could have been having a conversation with his heavenly father going, it's not a big deal. I'm just going for a walk. Diet and exercise. Have you heard about it? I mean, it's as important. You know, what, what, whatever it is. And we begin with these little tiny things of just like, well, it, it'll be okay because, or it'll be okay if. And, and, and it's, those, it's so amazing to me how the beginning little um, decisions, the ones that you can't point to and say it's wrong. Is it, does it say in the Bible you can't be out at night? No. Does it say you can't walk down a street? Mm-mm. Does it say you can't walk by a woman's house? No, it doesn't. All those decisions that are made prior to, you cannot point to a verse and say it's wrong. It's the direction we're going in. And so to just follow your heart is horrible advice. And we'll see a verse in just a little bit. So she's, so meanwhile, back at the house, okay, she says, so, so she, here's this woman, here's this guy, she's played Marvin Gaye, all right, to, the, 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 they've got, you know, everything kind of right, right there. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, I mean, you know, two consenting adults, whatever, who am I to judge, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. Well, if, just in case you felt that way, my husband is not at home. <laughs> He's gone on a journey, okay? He left. See, now, now everybody knows. I mean, it, prior to that, even if she wasn't married, we'd know it would be wrong. But I'm, my point is that now everybody's just like, okay, you know what? The, stop, dude, just stop. Just turn the other way. Now, here's the thing. I don't mean to spoil alert, but at any given time on this journey, this path, he could have turned around. At any given moment, he could have said, you know what? I, I need to call my accountant. Well, he couldn't call, but, you know. I, I, hey, accountability partner. No, they didn't have phones, see? Okay. Uh, so he says, uh, he took his purse filled with money, which might be a problem there. I will not be home till full moon, okay? In which case, the kid is just like, don't look at the moon, don't look at the moon, don't look at the moon. Oh, man, that's a long time away. <laughs> you know, he's like, like full moon. It's just a little sliver here. So I thought, just in case you want to know what a purse filled with money looks like, I, uh, I, got, I got that. <laughs> That's it. So he took his purse filled with money, and he said, I won't uh, be home till full moon. Now watch this. This is so important. Okay? I thought I took that out, actually. Okay. With persuasive words, she led him astray. It's no longer about how she's dressed. It's no longer about where she lives. It comes down to this. He is buying into a lie. He is allowing himself to go down a path that he might have convinced himself in one way or another that it's going to work. Persuasive words. She led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. And here's what happens next. All at once, he followed her. All of this could have been avoided at his front door. 
And every decision he made along the way was not wrong. It was unwise. He was following his heart. He was kind of just nudging up, inching up, nuzzling up to, okay, I'm just going to flirt with this a little bit. I'm just going to play with this a little bit. It's only a little. I, I could deserve that. It's not, I'm not, it's not that bad. It's not whatever. And most of the decisions that we, 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 we feel so much regret about start with just these little innocent decisions. Maybe a phone call, a conversation, a, a little investment, a, a, a dabble here with something and a dabble here with something. Just these little tiny decisions. And then we end up at the end all at once. She followed her. I, I wrote this down uh, just so you want to take a picture of it or whatever. Your heart is great for emotions. It's horrible for decisions. <laughs> like feeling a certain way and, and, you know, feeling sorry for someone. And, you know, try that, that your heart's great for emotions. You, you, some, some, you can, there's a righteous anger you can have. It's horrible for decisions. The best decisions you're going to make are those that stand firm on the word of God, number one. And then that is backed up by wise counsel, number two. So you start there. What does is, what is the word of God say? And just with that alone, you've made a lot of your decisions. <laughs> God has set these boundaries around us, these moral boundaries, so that when we look at his word, we can come up with a lot of, then we get into the other stuff, like, man, who should I marry? What should I do that? And then that begins why community is so important. Because we, if we just follow our heart, it's just us. But if we're involved in a community, in a small group, in a, in a triad of accountability or some a group that you trust that will look at you and go, dude, seriously? At night by her house? Stop. No, I was just picking up the mail. Stop. Stop. No, you weren't picking up the mail. You, people who can speak into your life like that, like just cut to the end or whatever, okay? Like just stop. This isn't good for you. Remember what happened last time. You remember what, when, you know, the excuse you used before. How did it work out the time before? We desperately need those people in our life. And this guy is by himself. And what happens to him is what can happen to any one of us, any one of us, if we don't catch those paths early. Like an ox going to the slaughter like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. This kid, now I don't know, you know, again, I don't, I don't know how this story ends. Yeah, I don't know if the husband just said he was going on a trip and he just wanted to wait a day and then he was going to come back and there, there he, the, the kid was. I, who knows? But I mean, this, this is what happens with all of us. When we end up in a situation where we know we're not supposed to be where God, uh, we, we know we're not where God wants us to be. We, we just wake up there. Had we known that, this is what we say, if had I known it would end up like this, I never would have. You don't know. That's the problem. That's why you don't start down the path to begin with. Because when we, when we visualize the outcome of our sin or the outcome of this path, we, we never paint it bad. 
We, we never say like, wow, if I, if I do that, then this is what's going to happen. And, oh boy, no, that's terrible. No, we always, we always think not to us. Not to us. He says, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Remember, this was to his, his, uh, to his sons he was writing. Do not let your heart turn to, to her ways or stray into her paths. There's something that Solomon and that Jesus wants to get across, that all of this stuff starts with our heart. All of these things start with our, our heart, that we can't, we have to examine our heart. We have to, we have to look and uh, uh, put it up against the word of God. How does my heart juxtapose with God's word? If, am I harboring bitterness because of some past hurt? That is a path that ends in destruction. Am I coveting something or someone or whatever and, I, and I'm beginning to just a- allow those thoughts to remain in my mind? That is just that that's just opening the door to starting down the path. Am I wanting to get revenge? Am I living in fear and I'm feeding that fear because of whatever's happening and circumstances? And so now because of the fear, I begin just to open my front door and step out on a path that I might think, well, I got to solve this myself. You end up with regret. Because here's what he says. He says, do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many, many are the victims now again, this isn't just talking about this lady. It's talking about any time you find yourself in a situation where you go, how did I end up here? And what I'm suggesting that we do this week is we begin to analyze our heart. We begin to say, are there any decisions I can make now early that would stop me from going down a path that I think I know God wouldn't have me go down? Because many, 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 many people find themselves at the end of the day in a place they wish they had never gone down. A relationship that they're in, a financial mess they're in, an addiction that they're in, many. And what Solomon is saying to us is this. Analyze your heart. Don't follow it. Hold it accountable. Don't just... Oh, that feels great. I'm going to go do that. No, 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 no. Set it up to the word of God. What does the word of God say? What do, what do people around me, wise people around me, what do they say? He says, many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. Wow. That's some woman, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> Jeremiah 17, um, 7 um, and eight, kind of talk about the, 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 um, the difference. It talks about this, this tree. Uh, yeah, Jeremiah 17, seven and eight. Um, I don't have the scripture here, but I thought I'd, I'd read it real quick. Listen to this. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord, They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when the heat comes, and its leaves shall uh, stay green. In the year of drought, it's not anxious, 
and it does not cease to bear fruit. So, so what, what uh, Jeremiah is writing is this idea that, look, instead of trusting your heart, instead of following your heart, be firmly rooted in, in trusting the Lord. Be firmly rooted in his word. Let that be the thing that gives you your advice, that gives you uh, what you need in order to live. And then watch what he says right after that. So you kind of have this picture of, of, uh, uh, of blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. That they're just like this really solid life, bearing fruit. Right after that, in verse 9, he says, the heart is devious above all else. It is perverse who can understand it? <laughs> Another version would say it this way. The heart is deceitful above uh, all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? If we follow our heart, we're following something that we can't trust. But if we follow the Lord, if our trust is the Lord, we're following the person that we can trust the most. Now, the, the problem is, a lot of times, the Lord might shut off a path that you kind of wanted to just walk a little bit down. I mean, just half a block. I just, just look down the thing. Can I even look down? Maybe the Lord is saying no. Matter of fact, it goes on in Jeremiah in verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. So that as Audra comes back up, and uh, reads her poem that she wrote while I was talking. Um, I have a question for you. Is there a path that you're heading down? Is there, is there something in your life, a path, or you, 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 maybe you're way down the path, <laughs> and you're thinking, I don't think I can turn around at this point. You absolutely can turn around. By trusting in God, by saying, okay, Lord, this is the thing. I, I, okay, I've been, I've been letting myself hedge down this thing, but now I'm going to turn around. And it might be embarrassing. It might be having to admit something that you didn't want to admit to somebody. It might be setting up healthy boundaries that you didn't maybe have before, getting into some accountability or what have you. It might be just cracking open the word of God and going, okay, this is where I want to go. What does the Bible actually say about that? So what we're going to do is uh, Audra's going to sing, I mean, read her poem and then we'll sing a song. And during that time, uh, we do a number of different things. One, we fill out our connection cards. And so if, uh, if you haven't done that already, if you would do that. Some people, um, this is a Sunday where they give to God and so they prepare their offering, either by check or cash or whatever. So a lot of people give online as well. Um, but we, we take all of that and uh, the connection cards and the offering and we put them in a box that's in the back on our way out. The other thing we try to do during this time is to connect with our Heavenly Father. And so um, after the poem, we're going to take about a half a minute of silence just to kind of think. And I ask the same question. Is there a path that you are heading down? A path of bitterness, maybe a path of anger, a, pang, a path of worry, a, a, a path of masking, a path of avoiding. Is there something that where God would say, hey, hey, let's just turn around right now. I know how far you've gone down. I, I get all that. And let's start going in the opposite direction. Let me pray for us. Lord God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you um, 
watch over us. You love us. Lord, we thank you that we can trust you. We can trust you to guide our hearts, to analyze our hearts, to search our hearts. And Lord, we also trust you to tell us what you see and to tell us where to change. And so we do that at this point. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.